Your morning, seven minutes after 11 o'clock, and Jennifer Bukowski is with us. Uh, don't file your income taxes uh, using e-files, says the Wall Street Journal. Details coming up about 11.35. In the meantime, Jennifer, who's a brilliant criminal defense attorney and a political activist, is on board with us this morning. Uh, we have been talking about uh, the uh, Atlanta DA and uh, her ongoing affair with a prosecutor she hired. And I had thrown out this. It's kind of arcane. I don't think it's it's very. It's it's not ubiquitous. This ability to sue for alienation of affection. Jennifer said during the break she'd look into it, see if Georgia has that. Do they have that? Fannie Willis has dodged a bullet because uh, Georgia is now one of the six states where you can sue for alienation of affection, which it's a tort meaning you can sue someone civilly for interfering with your marriage and causing your spouse to lose affection for you. Uh, the states that allow this are Hawaii, which surprised me, Mississippi, New Mexico, North Carolina, South Dakota, and Tennessee. Actually, so she so she can be Wait a minute, she can be sued civilly? That's what alienation of affection is. Like yeah, that's what I'm saying. But so she didn't dodge a bullet. She can be sued. No, only because she's in Georgia. There's only six states where you can do it. And Georgia is not one oh, of them. Oh, Georgia is not one of them. Okay. All right. No. That's where. So Hawaii, Mississippi, New Mexico, North Carolina, South Dakota, and Utah. Those are the six states that still have that alienation of affection ability to sue over that. Well, I thought I had something there. All right, let's move on. Uh, we we talked. Good issue spotting. Yeah, worth looking into. <laughs> um, we talked about this briefly. Let's go into some more uh, detail here about uh, uh, Trump's trial being delayed. If if Trump uh, prevails in a couple of cases, and if because uh, he's making the case to voters, he's really not a bad guy. Uh, they're just out to stop him. If he just prevails in a couple of these cases and he delays the federal cases and wins the White House, he can pretty much get off scot-free. Right. Like, the federal cases can go away if they're still ongoing when he gets in. I mean, technically, he would have the authority to be like, okay, new AG, drop him. You know, even though you're, there's rules, you're not supposed to interfere and you're supposed to have independent counsel or whatever, but even if he were, he could pardon himself for cases that are already pending. Yep. So he's fine. The state cases, uh, you have the Georgia one, which is the one people are like, well, this statute is really kind of crazy down in Georgia where you could just put all kinds of different conduct in there and see if anything sticks. Well, you have the Paramore situation. And so... Uh, the one that's actually first filed that everyone, I remember reading this thing being like, are you kidding me? This isn't a crime. It's like the hush money payments to Stormy Daniels that he didn't, uh, he didn't properly keep his books. Like who was he defrauding himself on that? It was ridiculous. Like the, their one big claim that they were making is that he knew somehow that Michael Cohen, his then lawyer, was going to record his hush money as revenue, not like money that he was holding. And so that that would defraud the uh, Department of Revenue for New York 
How so? By paying more taxes than he would have otherwise owed if he had said it was a straight pass-through for a hush money payment? It's just like the most absurd case I've ever seen, and it's such a stretch, and there's not been a case like that brought before. That's the one that might actually get to go to trial before uh, the election now, it's looking like, because now this D.C. one that has the judge that's really anti-Trump judge, uh, this one is uh, on hold until the United States Supreme Court uh, hears the uh, motion saying that Trump is immune on some of these claims, or a lot of the accounts, I mean. And there's also, for that one, there's another J6er who has, the Supreme Court has taken up that case already that would lead to dismissing like half the counts against Trump if that case goes the J6ers way. So uh, that one's looking problematic and that one's been slowed down. So that it's looking like it'll be the election. The Florida one, there's a good judge and she's not going to be setting things uh, for like August when the RNC convention is going on. So I'm not worried about that. her in, like giving into insistence that a complicated case gets set in the next you know months before the election. So now it's looking like the Stormy Daniels situation is the one that there might be a trial on before um, before the election, which is the weakest one by far of the uh, criminal cases. And I'll be curious to see when uh, this uh, judge who's uh, found him guilty already of uh, malfeasance, uh, that, but wants to take away his uh, ability to do business in the state of New York. Uh, I'll be curious yeah, to see. Yeah, that's going on in the 83, $86 million that that E. Jean Carroll has gotten. Yeah, there's those civil cases, too. Go ahead. Well, I'm just Sorry. curious to see how he can appeal and to whom in the state of New York. It seems like uh, in the state of New York, he's going to get railroaded. There just is, I don't see where he gets relief, where he gets to an yeah. un, unbiased a jury or judge? Yeah, well, I don't either, Gary. It, it really does play into his line that they're interfering with the election because they are. They're trying to do everything they can to stop him from being president. They're trying to bankrupt him. They're trying to jail him and his family and anyone associated with them, it seems like. In some of these cases, they've gone after his lawyers, his former lawyers. They're trying to send a message like, don't you dare go work for uh, an administration that doesn't come from someone that the K Street lobbyist crowd in D.C. approves of because it will punish you. It's really infuriating. It is indeed. Um, and a lot of people are going to hear that message. If you, you know, you're the breadwinner for your family and you've got a successful career and you're very talented and you could be really good at running an agency of the federal government, are you really going to risk it all to go serve your country? I mean, you're going to have to think twice. Uh, the end justifies the means and the mentality of the left, and I think that's uh, that's what we're experiencing here. Uh, in 14 minutes after the hour, and in a couple of minutes, about a minute now, we're going to take a break, uh, but we are going to talk about these migrants. Well, you know what? Before I get to the migrants, before I get to the migrants, while we're talking uh, politics, Kellyanne Conway seems to think that uh, a potential uh, vice presidential uh, running mate for Donald Trump uh, would be uh, a person of color. I think that narrows it down to South Carolina. Uh, and there's, uh, well, two minorities. Uh, one of them is likely not to get the nod. D uh, d does this mean 
what I think it means? Do, do you have an idea? Who well, yeah, she's suggesting that Ben Carson, though, which surprised me because no one was really talking about him as an insider favorite for Trump. And that one would kind of be like the black version of Mike Pence, where he's very religious. He's going to not, he's going to be very deferential to president, you know, kind of act like Pence did, where the president and I, the president and I, and not be his own star, which President Trump seemed to enjoy about Mike Pence up until the last days there. Uh, so that's a possibility. Yeah, people, some people, there are a faction like Vivek. And then, yeah, you're right. It would be Nikki Haley and Tim Scott. Nikki Haley. Yeah, some she's not. Arguing, you should, she, you should consider her. I don't know that that's going to happen. And well, listen, that, we shall see. Listen, if you if you want to unify the party, if she's got a, a huge following in the party, and you want to unify the party, that might be the the move to make. Is to say, let's show we're you know we're one team, and bring your supporters yeah. on board. So that he hired her before, so. Yeah, but I think his ego would get in the way of that decision. I don't know. All right, up yeah, against he the... Yeah, he was on Saturday Night Live, Saturday, lampooning him, so yeah. I don't know if he would have been too pleased by that. Yeah, Brian didn't watch Saturday Night Live. He didn't even watch the, the awards last night. The Grammys? How dare you, Brian? The awards show was on last night? See, yeah, you oh, missed darn, it. Oh, I missed it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Quick break, we'll be back. Gary Nolan, Zero Radio Network. It is 20 minutes after 11. Jennifer Bukowski is with us. Uh, she is uh, an active politico and a criminal defense attorney, and a brilliant one at that. Got a message here uh, from David. says, like the red wave that didn't materialize, Trump isn't a shoe-in. I'm concerned that mail-in voting, corruption, and illegal immigrant uh, might... Uh, uh, Ill illegal immigrant voting might sway the election. Yeah, I am too. Um, this time, I don't think we're as asleep at the wheel as we were in 20 and 22 about harvesting ballots where it's legal and mail-in voting. We're banking the vote. We're trying to... Even Trump is out there saying that, whereas before he was talking against the mail-in voting, he's changed his tune, and he's, uh, he's saying we've got to get those votes mailed in. So hopefully it's not as detrimental as it was before. But, uh, uh, there's while a story. I've been on the air, there's been a development with Trump uh, in his D.C. case. The Court of Appeals has ruled against him, finding him not immune from prosecution. Right. So... It remains to be seen if that'll expedite things, but it has to go to the United States Supreme Court. I wonder if they'll first seek an in banc review by the entire D.C. Uh, Court of Appeals prior to going to the United States Supreme Court. I anticipate the court will take up that immunity claim. Yeah, they probably will. He wants this to go as slowly, I think, as as is possible. In the meantime, you're talking about the uh, the election. An Atlantic County, New Jersey man was arrested for his role procuring, casting, and tabulating fraudulent mail-in ballots submitted in the November 8th, 2022 general election. This according to a U.S. Uh, attorney, uh, former member of uh, president, uh, former member and president of the city council in Atlantic City, and a political organizer who assisted campaigns uh, for elected offices in New Jersey is charged in a criminal complaint that was unsealed today. Apparently, they would go around and, and give people money 
in exchange for the right to handle their their ballots. And wow. he, he was giving them 30 to $50 to act as purported authorized messengers for voters who supposedly wished to vote by mail. And apparently uh, he got busted. So there, you know, you add stories That's like this. Thing, like they're, they're signing up people to vote by, by mail. Like you're going online and they are getting all these people signed up to vote by mail. And then they know who's getting that mailed ballot. And then they go and... Like, hey, can I handle that ballot for you? Uh, there's all kinds of schemes like that going on, but it's unusual for people to get caught. So I'm going to have to look into that case for sure. That's an interesting one. Um, let's uh, let's talk about this because this has been on Fox News. I don't know if the other networks uh, covered it. I I will admit to uh, following Fox News more closely than uh, MSNBC and CNN, though I do watch them. Um, Nobody, I think, has uh, had the coverage uh, that uh, Fox News has on these uh, delinquents that were beating up the police. They apparently came across the border, ended up in New York, uh, and they ganged up on two police officers. And apparently uh, they were just, uh, most of them were just turned loose, I think all except for one. And they... They just left the city. Uh, now, they caught up with some of them where? In, in, in another state, right? Yeah, they caught some of them in Arizona, which is good because that was before they got to California where they'd be, you know, run up against more um, sanctuary-type policies and decision-makers. But, Gary, this is just... I'm a criminal defense attorney. I was stunned that they just let these guys out because... Part of the whole reason where you make a decision whether to release someone awaiting trial is whether they're a flight risk. <laughs> These people just got here. They have no ties to the community. They have no business letting them go. And then I do respect <laughs> the prosecutor saying, well, we wanted to make sure we had the right identities uh, as to who did what. Well, if they were all there encouraging and assisting each other with this, you can charge them all as accomplices anyways. And then, you know, sort out who did what and what kind of offers or deals to meet out later. Are you saying that you are sure that they arrested the wrong people? Then you should say so instead of leading the speculation that these are people that were there on video in this mob that was beating up cops. And it just it makes all the cops in New York in more danger because these migrants are going to see this and see that there's not repercussions for fighting cops. And then it makes them less likely to obey cops when they're telling them to move it along or whatever else. It's just insane to me. Even the governor Hochul is asking for, you know, putting in calls being like, what the heck is going on? This is inappropriate. So, uh, I was stunned by that. The prosecutor had plenty of tools in his box that these guys were involved to keep them in jail. And the judge did too. I mean, the judge could have been like, uh, no, we're going to, uh, not, go ahead and let them be released on their own recognizance. And can you blame the guys? Like, they're on video, they're on the news beating up cops. I'd be jumping on the first greyhound out of there, too, because what are they going to do? You know, like, deport me? Like, they should, or jail you, then deport you. But you cannot come to our country illegally, beat up cops, and then just be let off to go run around and do whatever else, wreak whatever other mayhem you want to wreak. Yes, it's, you can. We just proved it. Yes, you can. We just proved it. Uh, well, you can do just uh, that. Yeah, this you know, the, 
Or it's, it's proof that they, it's not all people that want to work as work whatever, pick crops and work as busboys and fulfill their dream. Um, for whatever reason, there's some bad actors that are getting into our country, and this is an incident that kind of supports that that concern. This is so wrong of me, and I can't help it. Um, but every time I see that video of that punk giving the finger uh, and well, arrogantly walk, yeah. I would, I just, I would, I would love to have been there just to pop him right in the face. Uh, he just, it just irritated me so much uh, that he had the yeah. the hubris to do that. Me too. I feel sorry for whatever public defender is stuck with that guy if they ever catch him. Uh, all right, we're we are uh, falling behind. We've only got a few minutes left, and we've got college financial aid applications falling by fifty seven percent. What's driving that? Well, the federal government has made their website work. It has so many tech glitches and delays that families are unable to get their applications through this thing. Uh, parents are taking out multiple days from work to try to get their applications through, and so it's caused. Uh, these FAPS applications to fall by 57%. So uh, somebody seriously messed up. And then you mentioned, you teased for the next segment, the Wall Street Journal also reporting about, I didn't have this on my list, so I'll let you talk about it, but sounds like there's a problem with filing your income taxes too online. So they're not getting the best and brightest in the, in the computer programming field to co-work for the government or to get hired as contractors for the government, are they? Yes, but they're diverse. They're a diverse crowd. Oh, that's what's important. You got to have your important. priorities, you know. We have well, to have these, transsexuals. These people are just crashing websites so the kids can't go to college, but not planes. There's that. <laughs> Actually, talking about planes, there is another story in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, and it deals with uh, Boeing and the planes and why the FAA still can't fix Boeing. Well, thank God there hasn't been a plane crash since a commercial plane crash in America since like night for decades, right? So that's fortunate, but yeah. Ah, what a mess. All right, last thing here. I, what do I have, Brian? I got 45 seconds. Is About that, one minute. I got a minute. Tracy Chapman, Fast Car, Grammys. Uh, Brian missed it. What, what's up? Oh, it's a be It was a... And it's, a, it's funny because that Fast Car song, we have an argument in our family because I think it's a depressing song. But it was a delight seeing the clip. I didn't watch the Grammys, but I saw clips on social media of her performing for the first time in years and years with a smile on her face. That uh, beautiful song with the guy that covered it uh, for her and made it popular again. So it skyrocketed up the charts. And it was, it was not a woke Grammys. Like, it had very little politics in it, and I was glad to see that. Well, I don't disagree about that. All right. Well, I didn't get to watch it either. Uh, but uh, next time around, uh, or the, either next week or the week after, you're going to have to bring in the VR glasses. Uh, Brian and I got to try them. We got to know what it's all Will about. Do. All right, Jennifer, Bu Jennifer Bukowski, sometime fill-in talk show host. Thank you for being with us. Thanks, Gary. All right, take care. Uh, and she does yeoman's work when she does fill in. All right, uh, up against the clock here. Uh, we got callers on uh, Trump's running mate. We'll find out what you think uh, or who you think it should be. And filing your taxes uh, via the Internet. Maybe not a good idea. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. It is 1135, and uh, we got a lot of ground to cover in the next 30 minutes. Uh, bear with us. One of the things that I wanted to talk about uh, today, and I, I should have said this was coming up, but I, I, I neglected to, and that is uh, real estate sales uh, in central Missouri. Uh, and so I reached out to uh, Jim and Lisa Meyer, and uh, they are the uh, the uh, realtors that uh, sold sold us our house, sold our house for us. They did such a, a great job that I wanted to uh, bring uh, bring them on to talk about real estate and uh, what's going on with the values uh, here in uh, Central Missouri. So let me go to Lisa Meyer right now. Lisa, welcome to the program. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, Gary. How are you doing? I am doing well. Uh, can Remind you? Me, when, when did you? When, when did we sell your home? Which year was that? Uh, about three years ago. Yeah, I remember back then I said it's a seller's market. <laughs> you know, I had talked, I had spoken with some other realtors, and uh, and you nailed it. Uh, so we went with you, and you exceeded. I, I don't want this to sound like an advertisement and an endorsement, though yeah, no, it is. No. <laughs> but the fact is, you exceeded our expectations. Uh, well, I'm it, grateful for that. There's a, there's a lot of good agents out there. You know, I'm I'm always in healthy competition with over 700 other agents. <laughs> and the, the, we've got over 700 members of the Columbia Board of Realtors. So um, it, it keeps you on your toes. Keeps well, you on your toes. I'm just saying, you guys were honest. You were efficient. You were great. We were, we were thrilled. But I want to talk about real estate in uh, in the city of mm. Columbia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. Is there one area that's hotter than others? Uh, is there a better area for you know better pricing? Uh, what what's what's the market it's look tough. like? It's tough. It's a seller's market. Affordability is a challenge all throughout Columbia. Um, all depends on the price point that somebody wants to be in. Right now, we're looking at an average sold price in Columbia. Um, at large, of, of I've got the notes here from the board. Uh, 326409 That's our average sold price. And our median sold price has really jumped up. It went up another 4%. Now it's at 285000 So affordability is tough. And then we also have the challenge of interest rates. So it's bizarre that we keep going up in price. We have high interest rates and we have low inventory. And the inventory is one of our biggest challenges. Right now we're just a a touch shy over three months of inventory and we really want six. When you're at six, you're at a healthy market. So why do I not want to sell my house in Columbia? Why Why would I want to hang on to it and not put it up? Well, depends on why you want to move. Um, Not not you personally. Let's take it away. Let's just say somebody's like, it depends on the motivation on why they need to move. So one of the challenges that's impacting people is where are they going to go? You see, um, where is this next home going to be that fits their needs? Uh, we have a challenge with, uh, especially with people growing families going to that next larger home because there just aren't that many on the market for one. And then the affordability is a challenge because Take it away from houses. Um, take it to something simple like laundry. You've got everybody who wants to do laundry, but you only have a couple of those Tide Pods, you know, <laughs> to do laundry. Yeah. Everybody wants it. Well, then the price is going to go up. 
that just seems that that visual always seems to make sense to people when they're trying to figure it out. Something, you know, non-real estate related, but are, something are people, that's practical that we use every day. Are people like Brian who are old and long in the tooth and their kids have <laughs> moved out of the house, are they, are they downsizing or are they hanging on to their homes? Watch that. You could be talking about me, too. Um, <laughs> so, um, some are downsizing. Many are waiting for an opportunity to move into an assisted living type facility, and they're on a wait list. That's a piece, um, making that decision. And then some are downsizing. Others are not. There's a small, I'm not saying this is happening a lot, but we're also seeing some intergenerational moves where families are moving together, which is interesting. Well, you know, years and years ago, that was the norm. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. You'd move in with one set of parents or the other. Uh, you had a built-in babysitter, and they had someone who could take care of them as they aged. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so that's interesting. Interest I rates... Think for uh, the right family dynamic, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, talking about uh, interest rates here, where does it look like... Uh, I mean, has, has there been any sign of a, a lowering of interest rates in Colombia? Oh, there's talk. There, well, well, we don't control the interest rates. You know, that is just something that comes down and, and we just deal with it. So right now, interest rates are around 7%. There's a little talk that we should see interest rates uh, softening and getting down to about 5%. But I, I would encourage people, don't focus on interest rates. Don't focus on what the market is. Focus on what the needs are for your family. Okay, mm -hmm. because, you know, people get married, people have children, people get divorced, people have health problems. You look at what the needs are for you and your family and then make a decision based on that. Because when you throw these numbers out, people get pretty stressed out. You know, oh, I shouldn't move. Well, what is your reason for moving? You know, if it's a reason that really makes sense, you want to be closer to family, uh, you need to simplify your life. That could make sense to move, right? But for other people, maybe staying put is the right thing to do. That That's a blessing of being in the business for a long period of time that if people need to stay in and it makes sense for them to stay in, I encourage them to stay, right? Maybe, I, maybe I'd be a go-shelf person <laughs> if I told them, you know, um, not to. But if it doesn't make sense to move, don't move. It's, it's okay to stay put. Making a decision not to buy or sell is a decision. All right. So, Brian, when there's an old folks home that uh, has an opening, then you can sell. Yeah. Otherwise, it's okay. You can stay. Listen, <laughs> you, I, I, when, when uh, we first met, uh, I was living on the south side, uh, mm -hmm. and Gwen and I were looking for a house, and mm -hmm. you took mm -hmm. us to the other side of town, I, I guess in the neighborhood where you live? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, no, actually, you, you were on the other side of Range Line, um, but yes. In general, I, I took you over to the north side. That's an interesting um, story. Um, and, and I will have this happen a fair amount. So when you moved to Columbia, did you talk to people and did you say, hey, where should I move? Yes. Right? And what were gen what were people telling you? South side. Not realtors. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So let's make that real clear. Right. You've got a lot of realtors that live on the north side, by the way. I'm not, I'm not alone. Um, anyway, so when I meet with people and they say that I always say can you do me a favor can we just expand that because I sell Columbia right <laughs> and 
And I'd like you to see what your options are everywhere. Let's start with the, let's keep our net far and wide and then you narrow it down. I'm not going to tell you where to live. I'm not going to tell you to buy north or buy south, but can we be objective? And that's what I did with you guys. Yep. And you moved north. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you you talked about uh, the neighborhood. Uh, you you convinced us to uh, to go there, and we were thrilled. Uh, the yep, real estate. I talked about trails, 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 parks, 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 because we've got beautiful ones over here. So, and 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 you're, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you're running for city council over there, aren't you? Well, I am, Gary. Completely different hat. Hey, but before I go to that, I do want to plant one real estate story that is a Columbia story. Can, can I just share this with you? Yeah. If you haven't read this, it was in the Columbia Tribune back in 2015. If you're not familiar with the story, please become familiar with the story and encourage all of your listeners um, to to find this. It's Columbia's Biscuit Queen. It is an inspiring story about an amazing woman, Annie Fisher. This woman owned 18 houses, 18. I just, she, uh, so I would, I would just like to plant that seed. Okay. Um, and this is back in the twenties, a time when you would just hardly imagine this even being possible. And she was amazing. Okay. Thank you for that because it's just I just went well, to a give me some details. You can't, just, you can't just oh hold on. you can't just leave that hanging out there. I'm uh, leaving she, it hanging. You got to go find it. She had twenties. It was in the twenties. It was it was back in the twenties. Um, she they called her Columbia's Biscuit Queen. That's the name of the article, and it was from 2015 in the uh, Columbia Daily Tribune. But you can just search it and find it. Is back in the 20s. This woman was amazing. She was an entrepreneur. She was smart with her money. She didn't need a loan. She just showed up with her own money. I mean, it's just so inspiring. You say back so in the no- 20s. You mean, you mean 1920s? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Columbia's Biscuit Queen. Annie Fisher. All right, I will. Yeah, we we should have we should have a Annie Fisher School of Real Estate. We just it's just an incredible story. So pl- please, please uh, take the time to learn that. Thank All right. You. All right. So I'm running. I'm running out of time here. I just yes, I sir. want to touch on this because I I found out you're running for city council. I um, am. Yes. And I, I I'll just tell you if anybody can sell uh, and take care of that side of town, it's you. You live there. You work there. You sell there. Um, I care about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, very quickly, because I didn't plan on doing this. Yeah, what What is your hope? Oh. What is your hope uh, for joining the city council? What do you want to accomplish? I'm going to focus on core issues. I know that's not too exciting to a lot of people. Um, I started this whole this whole process with you know at first with some of my concerns, and then I thought, well, I better just not worry about just what I'm thinking. I need to go out and I need to talk to people who live in the ward. And we've got a uh, south side of the ward too, you know, Columbia Mall, Park DeVille, that's, that's part of uh, this ward as well. So I went all over the ward asking questions. I'm continuing to, and bottom line, I'm gonna focus on core issues, safety, infrastructure, health, and well-being. Safety is really important. You know how I promote these parks. You are part of that. This is all way before. <laughs> I decided to do this back when I was helping you with real estate. 
But I've had so many people tell me they don't feel safe on the parks, uh, or in the parks, and especially on the trails. I've had people say they don't feel safe at Columbia Mall, especially after dark. I have had various people share um, uh, uh, petty theft concerns. One senior citizen who put garden lights out to have them stolen overnight. Then just this past weekend, I've had um, other citizens tell me about their cars getting broken into. And then one woman told me about her uh, car window getting shot out, um, you know, gunshot. So if elected, I'm going to support our police department and I'm going to support our first responders um, with the best resources they need to hire and retain people, candidates, um, and support crime prevention. You know, and and let me be real clear. I don't want just people in uniform, okay? We don't want that. We want to actually attract the best of the best, and we want to retain great officers. So that's number one, safety. Infrastructure, you know that. Sidewalks, sewers, all the important things. Um, And, you know, health and well-being. Mm Mm-hmm. Time is ticking here, and I'm going to have to run. Do you have a website? I do. For your campaign? Go to, yep, uh-huh. It's uh, lisameyerward2.com. Lisa Meyer, Ward 2. It's L-I-S-A-M-E-Y-E-R-W-A-R-D, the number 2, dot com. All right. Uh, I wish you the best of luck. Uh, Thank I, you. I know you to be an honest, hardworking uh, uh, uh realtor and uh, nobody promotes that area of town better than you so i wish you the best of luck lisa thank you for being with us hey thanks gary you enjoy your day i appreciate your time all the okay. best give, give, all right. give, 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 uh, please give uh, gwen my best regards too thank i will again. do that lisa thank you mm-hmm. all right we're up against the clock gotta take a quick break it's the gary nolan show it's the zimmer radio network it's eleven fifty-four. glad to have you with us um the IRS uh, will take either a paper return or an e-file return. And recently, maybe the last three or four years, I've been doing the e-file. Instead of getting the, 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 all the paper and folding it into an envelope and, and mailing it off to them, I think, uh, just e-file, it's just so much easier. And it is. The problem is, it can get rejected and very costly at that uh, when it doesn't work out right. Uh, if a return has enough information for the IRS, writes the Wall Street Journal, to calculate the proper tax, it's considered valid. But such protections don't fully apply to electronic returns. Authorizing your preparer to e-file on your behalf doesn't protect you as a taxpayer because the IRS doesn't consider an electronic return until it acknowledges receipt. In recent years, courts have upheld harsh financial penalties for taxpayers who thought they had properly e-filed. And then they have some examples of this. So I'm not going to e-file. I'm going to print everything out. I'm going to put it in an envelope and I'm going to drop it in the mail. And I would suggest you do the same thing. However, I would also suggest that you send it registered or return receipt requested. Because if you drop it in the mail and they lose it, you'll need to prove you dropped it in the mail. It's, you just can't trust the government to do anything efficiently. And, you know, how many millions of 
tax returns are they getting? They misplace yours, you're in trouble. Not them, you. So uh, my suggestion, based on uh, this Wall Street Journal thing uh, story, is that you file a paper return. But don't just put a stamp on it and send it through the mail. Get a return receipt requested or registered to mail something to prove that it was sent. Because you're going to end up paying the price for it. They screw up, you pay the price. Just saying. Uh, There is another piece in the Wall Street Journal I wanted to get to. Green subsidies more wasteful than previously reported. Uh, I'm I'm not going to have time to really get into great detail. But we all know that replacing the most efficient method of generating energy, which is carbon fuel, is costly. We've seen battery plants and solar panel plants uh, and cars make, uh, companies making battery-powered cars. We've seen them all flounder. And Europe has paid a mighty steep price for their attempts to eliminate CO2. We don't have to eliminate CO2. It's not going to bring the end of the world. And in fact, eliminating the use of CO2 is going to kill more people than it saves in addition to the money that it wastes. Uh, These uh, windmills, if they create too much energy, that's a problem. If it's a really blustery day, Uh, they run the risk of overloading the system. And in some countries, the grid operators get paid not to generate electricity. It's not a dependable form of energy. Nothing gives you more power that is as portable and dependable as CO2, as uh, uh, carbon fuels. So you can, you know, you green people out there that are listening to us, you can hope and pray that somehow that we find a way to heat homes and power your computers and, and, and get you to travel from point A to point B without using carbon fuels. But in the long run, it isn't going to work. And now there's a prediction that we will run a shortage of, of, uh, uh, of crude oil sometime in the next two years. Be careful what you wish for. we got to run whatever it is in life that you want. Go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem and Gwen, baby, honey, I'm coming home.